0: Yo, yo, what's going on everybody? Hope you are having a good week so far. So today's podcast is a real good one. And again, I know I say that every week. Uh, Mikey Lyon, uh, one of the creators of Desert Hearts, um, huge in America doing their thing. Uh, I was lucky enough to play Desert Hearts Festival last year. And it was just an amazing amazing party i had never been to a desert hearts party but i'd heard of heard of what they do and everything like that and when mikey asked me to play i was like cool let's go check this out and it was truly one of my favorite sets of of the year um so yeah i thought it would be great to get mikey on and it was a great podcast so i hope you enjoy without further ado mikey Lyon, and we're live mikey line how's it going mate what's going on will it's good. going good good man where but, uh yeah where where are you in the world right now i'm in ennis
1: montana and it's a town of less than a thousand people and my friends just moved up here to just escape the world basically yeah and they've lived here for two years with a baby and are just living the dream like fly fishing every day and
0: yeah is there like a lot of people that move to montana because you know fernando from dirty bird Like he, I'm pretty sure he was talking about it a while ago. Like he wants to move to Montana. Like, is it like Uh, a thing?
1: From what I've experienced talking to the Montanians here, they are not happy about it because (laughs) I guess Californians and people from all over the place just have that Montana dream that they want to go and be wilderness people and and it's just driving up the rent like crazy and in the small towns like Bozeman and they're all getting pretty pissed off about it.
0: <laughs> Property's pretty cheap. But now there, I right. want to move them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like Austin's gone that way as well. And like Denver as well. Like everyone just uh, wants to get the 100%. fuck out of California to be fair. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. and uh, Yeah. Cause the thing with California right now is you stay in California and because California has the best amenities of any of the states, there's just so much to do. There's so much entertainment. And then you take all that away, and you're like, what the fuck am I paying all this expensive taxes yeah. for? And, and the crazy cost of living. It's like, what's the point?
0: Yeah, it's it's insane living out there. I remember when I lived there and it was just like, it's not really for me, Cali. Well, yeah. like I, certain parts of California I absolutely love. Like San Diego I absolutely love. Um but I just—I'm from San Diego. Yeah, I thought you and, were.
1: Uh, yeah, and San Diego, I mean San Diego's like kind of still kicking. Mm. When we were in, we were, we left LA and ended up moving back home and just like kind of riding this thing out of my parents in yeah. San Diego, and the whole time I'm just thinking, this is so much nicer than yeah. LA, and I kind of had call on,
0: let me turn that off. Shit, um, Mikey Lyons got his phone on loud, people. <laughs> I don't know how to turn off notifications on here. Sorry. It's fine, um, man. Uh,
1: anyways, yeah, I, we moved back down to San Diego, and all of L.A. is like, you just... I think when I was living there, you kind of talk yourself into it. Yeah. And like... Especially, we lived downtown for three years when we first moved to LA. Rough, and it's it's a war zone down there. <laughs> it it's, is. Uh... It's, it's it's crazy, and when you live down there, you kind of put up that barrier. You like build that mental yeah wall in your head to protect yourself because every time you go outside, you're just exposed to just like this constant negativity and this despair of of the homeless, and it's like as much as I want to help and 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 do all I can, it's like you have to put that mental block up or else you're going to, like, hurt yourself mentally.
0: Yeah, I think there's, like, recently that they've kind of came out with figures. There's, like, over 70,000 homeless people that live downtown LA.
1: So wild, and it's, it's getting worse because yeah. of this. And I don't even think that we've seen half of what's about to happen because, like, the economic toll of this – pandemic hasn't hit yet and once that does it's like there's shit's gonna be fucking little get a little crazy
0: yeah man it's a fucking wild world out there right now and i would not want to be in la i would not want to be in la at all um it's not the place to be right now no i spoke to where where are you right i'm back in the uk um so my, my parents live in the middle of nowhere like it's uh-huh. It's near a village called Cheddar, which is where Cheddar cheese is originally from. Um, but it's like <laughs> it's literally like you can't even call it a village, it's called a hamlet, which I don't think you even get in America. Yeah. Um, but there's like 50 people that live here. It's just, it's just called Are you up north or are you no, down south? Whereabouts are you down south, which
1: is near Bristol? Down south. Yeah, um. Do you guys have your own uh, version? Of, do you have your own version, a version of like Raji's? What's that? <laughs> aren't they aren't they called Raji's up in uh, <laughs> in the, like North UK? I've
0: never heard that saying. What does it mean?
1: Oh man, yeah.
0: uh, it's kind of like hillbilly. Like it's like the uh, yeah, like the redneck. Like
1: the, yeah, like the rednecks of the north. Um, I think it's radgie. That's like that's what yeah. I've got. some... I've got some friends up there and they just constantly are calling each other ready.
0: <laughs> Everyone around here is just a bunch of fucking farmers. Like, yeah, I live next door to my parents. And when I'm like around my parents and like somebody knocks on the door and like to speak to my dad, my dad almost turns into like, it's like almost like another language. And just, <laughs> yeah. they just speak so Somerset. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? like i i don't know how you understand yeah. that and then he starts talking like it as well and it's like it's wild out here but um it's beautiful yeah. it's like i can imagine it's kind of like montana is um it's very middle of nowhere like lots of fields lots of hills yeah, yeah rural
1: but, but gorgeous and yeah man simpler simpler way of life
0: right it's the way forward man it's the way forward so desert hearts i want to talk about desert hearts i want to talk about Yeah, what you've kind of created in the music industry um especially in america which is there's not many crews in america um most crews come from europe and kind of then move on to america and kind of take over things um but you guys have created this amazing um community uh called desert hearts and I kind of want to like get to know how it started because I I know I've known you for a few years um, and followed you for a while and obviously played at the festival and it, it was a beautiful festival but I kind of want to talk about how it started and sure and where it got through so like when did it start how, how why did it start if that makes sense
1: yeah so at the time me and Marbs were thrown on a party called Jungle in North County San Diego at this tiny spot called Yogi's Beach Bar and Grill. And it's like the last place on earth that you would ever throw a house and techno party. But we had just graduated school. And so we'd come home and we had so much energy. We were like 21, 22. And we just started throwing parties and it was in our hometown. So all of our friends were coming to our parties. And then we thought that we were the only house and techno party in San Diego because at the time the scene was like very electro house and yeah. mainstream music and so when we heard about this other party called Moonshake we had to go down there we're like we like no way there's other house and techno heads in in San Diego like let's go find them and we went down there and we walk in and Lee Reynolds was DJing and he he was playing art department vampire nightclub shit and that was like that was like our favorite track at the time is like that very first art department ep with without you on it and we're like what the fuck like who's this old man just murdering (laughs) it he's like twice our age at that point and uh where like we had like who the fuck is this guy? We're just fascinated, and we just totally, completely just integrated into their party, and and they were throwing a party on, uh, like every other Friday, and we were doing every other Thursday, so then, our crews kind of just like started going to one another's party each week, and then yeah. we had like a little community going on in San Diego, and then, um, uh, a person, so he's kind of. Like, like the silent partner in desert hearts um he's like behind the scenes his name's Kristoff, and he's this like token hippie of the crew just like the like as hippie as it gets you know yeah. and and he was a big moon tribe Do, are you familiar with moon tribe no so moon tribes like the original rave crew in california yeah sorry this is super um <laughs> Hold on, let me just figure this out.
0: I think you go to properties in um, messages app, or or just your notifications in your settings. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry about that. We can cut this. Yeah,
0: it's fine. It doesn't matter. It takes two seconds. People can people can deal with it. Don't turn off people. You're gonna get the whole story of Desert Hearts.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to just kill the notifications here. Um, well.
0: <laughs> Don't know if it's bad. Doesn't matter. It's oh, only a thing, man.
1: Do not disturb. There we are, baby.
0: People can get right. over it. Yeah. Uh so Moonshine. What's Moonshine? Uh Moon Tribe. Moon Tribe. So the Moon Tribe is they're kind of the
1: original OG rave crew out like like desert party. And okay. they've been around since the nineties. I think they just celebrated their twenty-five year anniversary. And yep. It's, like, where Christian Martin and Justin Martin, like, first started going to raves back in the day. Okay. And it's, like, a, it's a super psychedelic, amazing underground community. It's it's never been posted on Facebook or anywhere. It's, like, always just, but it's, like, a community community. Yeah. Uh, and so, Christoph had been going to all those parties. He was super inspired. He messaged us just, like, hey, uh, we've been talking about doing this like renegade party out in the mojave like we've been talking about at these parties like let's let's do it like let's get your crew like jungle crew moonshake crew and then um his like desert hippies and uh and we all like we're like yeah let's just all team up and do something and yeah. so we went out there we, we came up with the name desert hearts Went out there not expecting it to be anything. It was never supposed to be a festival or anything. It was just a renegade one off party that was in the middle of nowhere in the Mojave, and just about 200 people showed up. And it just was, it was kind of like a survival party because of how cold it was. <laughs> our sound system goes MIA the day of the party. Uh, we just have no idea where our sound system is. So we have to call. Did
0: someone steal it?
1: The sound guy just like went on a bender and just (laughs) disappeared. It's like, we're we're like, great. We're off to a really good start here. Um, We figure out like a backup sound system, which is the Funkworks Function 1. It's like still my favorite sound system ever. And they've been with us since the very first party. So they come in, they, they drive out there just like at the drop of a hat. They get there. Our generator doesn't work. (laughs) So it's just like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, fuck this. I'm going to bed. Like, fuck this shit. Like, I'm so pissed. And then like at like 6 a.m., the fucking music just like turns on on Saturday morning. And we're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) hello. Yeah, you know. And it's like, oh, shit. Like, okay, it's on. And party's on. But like a cold front comes to the desert that weekend it's in like november like november yeah. 8th first weekend and so cold front comes in it's like 25 degrees at night with fucking high wind
0: if, if you're in the us- uk 25 degrees is cold as fuck it's like minus four
1: yeah and we're just it's a survival party at this point like we build the fire in the middle of the dance floor so that like we can dance and scale <laughs> fly
0: health and, and we- safety is best right there yeah and then
1: uh but then that that sunrise that that sunday morning sunrise of we've made it a full 24 hours now at this point and the sun just like what, it was probably one of my favorite sunrises in, of my entire life because it was that feeling of accomplishment yeah. and that feeling like we fucking made it we did something everyone there was like freaking out like it was just like the most beautiful sunrise of our lives like Monumental moment for us, and at the time, someone on the dance floor was like, "You guys are going to be the next lightning in a bottle," <laughs> and we're like, "What are you talking about? Like, like, you know, like I have no idea what you're talking about. This is just like a fucking fluke that's happening. Yeah, you know? like we're we're and then we threw another Desert Hearts like four months later, and 900 people showed up just off of the word of mouth. Yeah, that's amazing. The next one had 1500 people, and we're like. Holy fuck, we better get some infrastructure under this. Thing. We no idea what we're doing. We yeah. don't know how to park cars. We don't know how to like do anything. So, yeah, that was like that's kind of the origin story of it and it's it just like blossomed into this beautiful community of spreading as much love and positive energy as possible and art and self-expression and it's it's a true community too. It's 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 like tight-knit. Yeah. And now, uh, now we're living on Twitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Um, like how you've just kind of gone from doing shows to Twitch and live streams. Like personally, I'm not a huge fan of the live streams, but yeah, but I sure. I actually really like what you guys have done because it's kind of like you've just done it from the beginning. And I love some I love it when people just pick something up and just keep going at it. And it's not yeah. like you're throwing something at the wall hoping something to stick it's like we're just doing this whether it works or not and we're just going to keep doing it until it works
1: yeah and that's it 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 saved our business it saved our company and it's wild to think that it did that
0: yeah um,
1: because in the beginning we're just like okay let's just i like i thought we were getting in late you know like yeah the the first two weeks of quarantine like when that first two weeks was happening and everything was so slow and i was watching djs do their live streams and stuff and then i was like fuck we just like gotta we just gotta get in this and hit it hard and we started doing four days a week and all of us would just take a night and it was at at first it was just like so therapeutic because We gave like a home. We we essentially found a home for our entire Desert Hearts community to live online and interact with each other and and it's become this entire digital world now of people hanging out inside like Zoom rooms and and like these side crews that are popping up that were born out of the Desert Hearts chat and and yeah, it's, it's like beautiful. And then now we have the third biggest music platform on Twitch. It's and, amazing. And just because like we essentially had four DJs, me, Lee Reynolds, my brother, Porky and Marbs, who like, we don't have anything else going for us right now. So we're just like, <laughs> when it's our night, we're just going to fucking play and play and play, <laughs> play. Like soon enough, we're, we're like, the standard became to play eight hours yeah per set, and then i mean like reynolds goes for like 16 to
0: 20 sometimes just because he like can't stop <laughs> like, we need to talk about reynolds
1: we're gonna talk about we've got to talk
0: about him at some point but yeah i i think it's really amazing what you guys have done online um because i've seen people talk about it more and more and it kind of obviously i've seen what you guys do and I think that going to the music side of things is something that being from the UK and like not touring hugely in, in the Europe, but I obviously know I've done a, a lot of stuff in Europe as in when I used to live in Ibiza and things like that. And the sound you guys play is very not American. And yeah. I don't mean that in a horrible way. It's, it's very unique to what America is used to. Um, hmm. It's, it's more so It's extremely Italian Minimal tech No tech house Kind of DC 10 yeah. DC 10 type of vibes Where did that come from?
1: Uh, You know So when I was I studied abroad in 2009 And Really like Where I got my Like Music education Was I was in Barcelona Yeah And I Makes ended sense. up getting a once a week residency playing for like six hours at a time in a side room at Razmatazz. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And, and it's a great club, isn't it? It's amazing. And that's yeah. that's literally where I got my name Mikey Lion from, is from that gig in, in Barcelona because at the time I had changed my name on Facebook from Mike Leon to Mikey Lyon, because I was like thinking about what I didn't want like my future employer to see the fucking nonsense that I was doing online. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just like hide myself a little bit. And then I got booked at a gig out there and the promoter put my name on there as Mikey Lyon. <laughs> and I'm just that. like, yeah, it's kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It's like, yeah, it's like totally fucking organic fluke type thing. That I'm just like, oh yeah, actually it's got a nice little ring to it. What were you and studying then,
0: at in Barcelona?
1: Uh, I was doing business. I, I went yeah. to school for business. And I was doing like international business, learning some Spanish. And you can basically go out there
0: and take all your electives. And yeah. But I took like a couple of business classes while I was out there too. I love that um, city so much. It's like one of my favorite cities in the whole of Europe. It's just beautiful. It's, it's yeah, like absolutely top three city in the world for me. Yeah food is amazing as well.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, like you know I, I just kind of started playing out there and going and seeing people play um that European sound yeah. and and then
0: yeah, went to Ibiza and I was going to say you're um, right by Ibiza. You're like the closest closest city to Ibiza from from Barcelona.
1: Yeah, my first weekend in Ibiza is Worth talking about let's talk sure.
0: about this <laughs> <laughs> i know i know your weekends i i've been around you i know how you love party so for you to bring that one up i've got to, uh i've got to imagine it's a good one
1: all right so the my very first night where it's closing it's like the closing weekend of Ibiza. so we go to piton's wonderland i'm not sure which club it is Eden. um yeah Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's in San Antonio side, so a little more rough there, and um, it's just more English, which makes it more rough. (laughs) (laughs) Fully, Um, and so we're out there. I think my friend like brings me like a nitrous oxide balloon or something from the club because you can get them in the club, right? Five euros, and and I'm just like, "What is this? Like, what the fuck? You just." Fucking do this in the club that's insane and um so i'm buying like our first round of drinks so i think we've been in there for like an hour or so and i'm buying four beers for me and my three friends that i'm with and we're at, like while i'm buying these beers uh we're chatting to these two english girls and one of them just like swipes two of the beers and runs into the crowd and <laughs> And so, the bartender's like, okay, that'll be 54 euros. Yeah. And I'm not used to paying that much money for anything. And so, I'm just (laughs) like, what are you talking about? There's two beers here. Those girls just stole our drinks. Like, I'm not paying 54 euros. And she just snaps her fingers. And I'm getting lifted up out of my seat. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, what's happening? What's going on? What's going on? Next thing I know, just fucking... it takes <laughs> so i'm like what the fuck what the fuck what is happening what is happening <clears> Hazes <throat> me again I'm like this is not this is not how we do things in america <laughs> i'm getting so I, they they take me out the side door and i'm just fucking like okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll pay i'll pay this guy he's like five foot two yoked like super jacked and he just starts like squaring up with me and i'm like well like, my what are you doing I'm, I'll, I'll let me pay for the drinks, and i kid you not he roundhouse jump kicks me in the face and i'm like i'm like just i think i'm still high from like the nitrous oxide so i'm <laughs> like i don't go down but i'm just like i'm like spitting blood and like i see like all his like cronies are like fucking cap- coming around me, and I'm just like, run! And like me and my buddy are just like, no! <laughs> just run out the fucking side like area, and is just like, okay, first night in Ibiza, like we're just gonna wipe the slate clean, like yeah, the, that yeah. So that was like my introduction to to rave. What year was that?
0: It was 2009. Dude, this is wild. But I was working. <laughs> I was working that night
1: what really
0: yeah i used to work at wonderland Um, are you
1: kidding yeah
0: and 2000 were you the guy that jump kicked me yeah i was that guy (laughs) 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 i remember some some cheap american guy that wasn't paying for drinks no yeah i was i was working that night i used to uh run the production there that is well work with the production team yeah i'm so glad that you just said that it's wild right who was playing can yeah. you remember dude I think like dead mouse yeah was on the it was dead mouse
1: yeah yeah I think it was like a huge night and uh, like groove Armada I think was it was the ra- it. was it the radio one night it was like it was like Pete Tong's like final yeah, like, closing yeah. party
0: yeah because they yeah. they actually stopped Wonderland that year I believe mm. um that was the last party um that's
1: so nutty I love that
0: yeah, because I was living like right behind Eden at that time. Yeah. In some like... How long did you live out there for? I did four summers, four and three, three, f- yeah, four, three and a half, four summers. Can't, that's I st- like the
1: English partier's dream, huh? You just get yeah, spending summers out there.
0: Everyone just, I think it's like, what's the equivalent in America? I don't know if there is an equivalent in America. I think there is. I think it's moved to LA. <laughs> I think that's the equivalent.
1: Or yeah. it's like, yeah, go to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> Not like the same, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't live out there for... Well, I guess you could. I guess people do. But yeah. you go? do you go to Burning Man every year?
1: Uh, I've been eight times. Damn. Eight out of nine years. I took one year off and then went back.
0: I still haven't been persuaded enough. Lucas, uh, Lucas, a girl from space. Yeah. And Colombo. Yeah. They, oh, yeah. they were trying to get me to go last year and they were like, look, a space has come up. Like yeah, you no. can live like a King for like five grand in a desert yeah. and like have like an amazing place and just chill. And I'm like, oh, could be Those cool. Guys
1: good. Those guys are good burners too. They would be good people to go with.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm debating it one, one year to go with them. Um, absolutely go to me. It, it changed my entire life. Did it? Why so? Yeah.
1: Um, so I'd been going to Coachella when I was – because I'm from Southern California. I've yeah. been going to Coachella since 2006, and I went, like, religiously. To me, Coachella was, like, the best weekend <laughs> of the year. Like, like I was the fucking dude in, in the car just, like, Coachella, <laughs> Coachella, Coachella. And then uh, at Coachella one year, like, I'd been always hanging out at the Do Lab at Coachella. Yeah. And then – someone told me like I had to go to lightning in a bottle fest and went to lightning in a bottle was immediately just mind blown because I started thinking to myself, what the fuck have I been doing with my life the past five years when, when a party like this exists. And so I'm having a dance floor epiphany of just like, what the fuck, this is all new to me. This counterculture, this, like, these are all, these are my people. Yeah, like, This yeah. is what I'm supposed to be. Someone, on, like, this older woman on the dance floor just taps me, like, me on the shoulder. She's just like, honey, like, if you think this is good, you need to go to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, soul. <laughs> the, me, Marbs, Deep Jesus, my wife, some of, like, my best friends who I still camp with at Burning Man. We all bought tickets, like, the weekend, like, or, like, the, as soon as we got home from lighting in a Bottle. And that was the year that Burning Man sold out for the first time. So we got our tickets. We went. We was like eight virgins. None of us had been to Burning Man before. None of us knew like we thought we did. We thought we had done all our research and like we we like prepped so hard for that burn. Yeah. And then we just got absolutely annihilated by the burn. Yeah, I bet. I can imagine.
0: It's just I've heard it's just brutal. I've heard it's amazing, but absolutely brutal as well. Uh it's not
1: it's not brutal it's just weathering and it just if you're not prepared correctly then you're gonna get your ass kicked yeah and I mean you're still gonna have the best time of your life but it's gonna be it's gonna be rough but my whole philosophy on it is the more that you put in the more you get out yeah and that's like we've taken so many principles from burning man and brought them to desert hearts and and really just like that sense of community and then and wanting to foster sub communities and and smaller crews to, to grow underneath an umbrella that's that's one of the main things that we have going with desert hearts and we have all these theme camps at desert hearts where like essentially like They'll have like a crew of like twenty to forty people that they camp with, and then they've now got a home base. Yeah. They have something to give to the party. And the more that you give, the more you get, because it's like the most rewarding part about it. And you just make if everyone brings that kind of energy to the party, yeah. Of like, let's all put in and then it's gonna just make it better for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, like I think so many people go to parties to take yeah. and to like they go and they, they go self indulge, and then just like, how is this affecting me? But a lot of people don't go to parties to give,
0: yeah. yeah And
1: when you have an entire ethos surrounding that of like what we're all gonna give, and we're all like that's what makes it good, then you can build a culture based on that.
0: Yeah, I remember um playing there was it last year that I played, or the year before what was last year, uh, yeah, yeah so. last year. Because yeah um and i remember driving from san diego and just literally like queuing to get in and it there's just there's there's certain festivals you go to to be an artist and it's just like oh here's another fucking festival if you know what i mean and here's like you, you know how it is it's like we've all done it like this is let's just go play to people and let's get the fuck out yeah um And even, even in the, in a queue to kind of just get there and get in, there was just, you just felt something in the air and that sounds hippie as fuck coming from me. Mm -hmm. And, but it's, there's just something about the community and it was, it's, it was the same at the, like the first, like two or three Dirty Bird campouts as well. And it's just like this vibe that you don't often get, Mm um, Even going to a club, you don't get it, if you know what I mean. There's just something about being outside and partying in, like, Mm -hmm. the middle of nowhere. And it being quite raw and quite, like, DIY, if if that makes sense. Um, And, like, no one knows where to go. But that's amazing, if you know what Mm -hmm. I mean. Yeah,
1: it's almost, uh, it's, like, a little bit of organized chaos. Yeah, totally. Um, And... That's something that have you ever played Symbiosis or Eclipse? No, I haven't.
0: I've heard amazing things though.
1: Yeah, so Symbiosis is kind of the ultimate organized chaos festival where they just take all these crews, have them build a stage. There's like there ends up being like six or seven stages out there, and that crew's responsible for like creating the fucking vibe that they want. So there's like house stage, side trans stage, bass stage, what you name it and it just creates this vibe that you can just cut with a knife yeah it's like it's just so thick and i think there's there's something very hedonistic to it but also very spiritual yeah. at the same time and desert hearts definitely has a lot of that and yeah it's, it's like it kind of creates this love bubble um and it's predominantly like i've seen it the most really in like the west coast festival scene yeah um and I'm, it might be because it intersects with like i don't know like
0: west coast new age spirituality um i think lightning. i think yeah i think if i'm totally honest like west coasters are very different to east coasters 100%, in, like world apart cool. go to new york yeah. and like, I love, I prefer the East Coast personally. Like, New York is my favorite city in the world. And you go down there and you're walking slow, and someone's going to fucking tell you to hurry up. Whereas, yeah. like, in Cali or like East, West Coast, you don't get that. It's, people are extremely nice and extremely kind of spiritual and look after themselves and look after the planet and kind of give back in that sort type of way. And obviously that's massively stereotyping, but that is generally the case if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. It's just way more laid back. Like
0: people from,
1: people from New York go to LA to chill. Yeah. And like people from LA go to San Diego to chill. Yeah. Totally. Like when I think of LA, I'm like, Oh, rat race, race." you know, it's like, it's, it's like so much more going on and so much busy. But then you compare that to New York and it's like not even close,
0: yeah nice and, um, the, 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 I, when, yeah, when I played ahead. the festival, um it was actually one of my favorite shows of the, of the year um, and I wasn't expecting it if I'm totally honest, I really wasn't expecting it like I love what you guys do um, and I love the community, but I just really I didn't really know what to expect i I tried to go I tried to go to each show with like an open mind. Yeah, and there was just something about that party that just—it was the first. I think it was the Friday night. Um, I was playing like I got. I think we did two hours. Yeah, two hours. Which is like fucking amazing. Like no, there's no other festival really apart from Lightning in the Bottle. Yeah. Um, Dirty Bird, you don't even get two hours. Um, yeah, I think you and Lightning in the Bottle are the only festival that allows that i think you just get to give people a different experience when you're dj and you get to get to play for two hours at a festival um but there was just something about the vibe like people on the stage it was there was nobody there was no like drunk dickheads everyone was just like super nice and like super friendly and they respected your personal space and you respected theirs and the sound system was great. and It was just like a vibe that I think just can't, you can't make unless you have so many people that are all in it for the same thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's so our community is so self-regulating and people just know, like if, if they see someone on stage acting full, cause really anyone can, can get on stage if they want yeah. you know you kind of wait your turn but anyone can go on stage we have stage managers up there just like kind of keeping people given given the dj like enough enough space to work but also like some djs prefer to have space some djs yeah. are like let's fucking go with yeah, like yeah. everyone you know and people from the crowd are watching on stage and like if they see someone acting fool up there like they'll just take it upon themselves to go up there yeah. and fucking remove that person and be like <laughs> you know like and I mean yeah i've seen people get like physically lifted up over <laughs> the shoulder and just like you're out yeah like you're gone yeah.
0: well i i remember walking around the festival and uh this guy had like a fucking motorized giraffe <laughs> like what the fuck it was like it was like in the art section, and this giraffe yeah. was like actually like a full so full size giraffe, but obviously motorized, and people could be on it. Is that like yeah. the kind of Burning Man esque vibe?
1: Yeah, and we and we help
0: do like give grants and stuff to
1: different art projects, and and bring out a bunch of like we we in the beginning we always have a big like sign up sheet or. Uh, like an area where people where artists can pitch ideas that they want to bring to the festival. And then it's always a really fun meeting for us is like, okay, here's all the ideas. What do we want to bring? A lot of them are ones that we've had before. Yeah. So they're like grandfathered in, but then people always come up with new ideas on um, how we can make stuff better. And then we end up just, it evolves every time. That's cool. And yeah, just it, I don't know. I just, there's something about, fostering a community that's based on love and acceptance and positivity that just attracts the best people imaginable like yeah. our fans and our our crowd are like the most beautiful people inside and out and <clears throat> they're it's generally like upper 20s like a yeah. little bit of an older crowd and So it kind of weeds out a lot of like the people that are just dabbling in this, you know, it's like, it's kind of for the party pros only. And yeah,
0: they are fucking party pros. They, they have stamina for sure. And, (laughs) and I think,
1: I think a big part of it is like desert hearts, just like burning man. It's, it's tough and it's a grind and there's no cell service. There's no Wi-Fi. It takes a, a lot to get out there. It's, bring your own everything like you know like you have to bring all your water it's like yeah there's no there's food vendors and stuff but it it takes a lot to get out there and, and then it's cold at night so if yeah. it weeds out a lot of the riffraff it weeds it like you have to really want to go yeah to make it work and that's the people that you want at the party anyways
0: yeah totally and i love i love that you do it far out um i love that it's It is an older crowd, and that's no disrespect to the younger people, because I think it's really important that we have younger people come through through the scene and kind of experience things. I think that's they're the people that are kind of going to bring the new desert hearts, the new dirty birds, Mm. the new like all these scenes that they're going to be the ones that are forging the future. Um, But there is something really attractive for me as an artist to play artist. I fucking hate that word. Um, <laughs> me as a DJ to like play in front of a community that just doesn't want to hear bangers, and yeah, and they kind of get the groove. And I think that's what you guys do really well as a pie. Like I said, like the, the music that you guys play is very different. So if people mm. like it, people people know what they're gonna get with Desert Hearts. It means mm. that you can kind of take it on a little bit more of a musical-esque journey um yeah exactly and everyone's just always had such an
1: open mind about it and i think that the weirder the better yeah because like i think when you have that kind of collective consciousness that's happening on the dance floor and everyone is like you can just feel the vibe of everyone around you and yeah and when you have that kind of openness then that makes for the best sets because then the DJs are like, Oh, I'm gonna swing for the fences here, yeah, see what happens. And even if they miss, the crowd's like, No, nah, it's okay, Fuck like, it. we just appreciate you
0: doing that, yeah, totally. Totally. I want to talk about the fashion at Desert Hearts. It's yeah. like you can kind of tell Desert Hearts crew from a like, if they're walking down the street, you can kind of tell, right. like what's that about
1: uh I think it was so we were kind of we kind of started when like the all black techno wear was like like everyone LA was in like the drapey all black gear and like we were just like fuck that like who are these people (laughs) just like trying to that like these guys are taking themselves way too seriously like we're in the house and techno community like yeah. let's fucking party let's yeah. like get weird with it and like yeah very inspired very like i don't know a little club kids inspired of just like who can have like the most outlandish ridiculous fun costume yeah. or like gear to wear and then it became this thing where like everyone's now now there's like the unspoken like competition right and we have our we have the runway that gets set up in the middle of the Saturday at the festival I didn't know that that's amazing Yeah yeah well, there's a full on fashion show where a bunch of people like first we first we show off all the vendors like all the vendors have they can dress anyone they want and yeah. then that person can go stunt on the on the runway <laughs> and, like show off the gear and then And then after the vendors are done, then it's just like open, open runway for anyone, and like anyone can get up there and just like (laughs) want what they got, and it's so fun, and it's so just ridiculous, and like some of the costumes are just next level, amazing, and yeah, I think fashion's always just been really fun and and a way to self express, you know, and so definitely has hurt our merch sales <laughs> you know, like, it's like you know it's like dirty bird like they they've like their fashion at their shows and stuff is like You but like, wear the most dirty bird gear yeah, you know? yeah and like for us because our whole thing is like self-expression make your own shit and like our merch doesn't sell as well because every, like who wants to be wearing the same thing that someone else is wearing yeah
0: I and
1: feel that. Like, How do we fix this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you nailed it with the necklaces or the chains, yeah. whatever you want to yeah. kind of call them. Um, For sure, because every fuck has got one. They're like, oh, it, shit! It just—I can still hear you, I can, and I can still see you.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really
0: yeah. uh, yeah, bad. Yeah, every everyone's got one of those necklaces, and you kind of see it on every dance floor in America. And it's kind of amazing. Um, where did that kind of idea come from? Because I've got yeah. one. Yeah, I've actually uh, got one as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lee designed our original Desert Hearts logo, and I'm like, I love, I love our logo so much. It just like represents so much to me. And yeah, we started just giving out necklaces at all of our parties early on. Like yeah. in the beginning, we used to have these once a week meetings where we'd have like our meetings where we'd be talking about everything, but then they were also necklace making parties because we used to get all these wooden necklaces made that needed to be like strung up, tied off. And so we would just be there for like eight hours a week with all, all five of us. And then we would just be fucking working while we're just, <laughs> ne- while we're just making the necklace back for That's that weekend. Cool. And then, We'd go to that party that weekend, give out like 300 necklaces. Every single person at the party would have a necklace by the end of it. Yeah. And those people went, especially when the the necklaces are coming from us, it's like, here, let me adorn this on you. Let me knight you, welcome you into our family and our community. And then people just started rocking them because they felt a part of Desert Hearts and they felt a part of something and then – soon enough you'd be like across the world at a party and you run into another person with a desert hearts necklace yeah. who's also rocking one and you're just like that's my tribe right there like yeah, yeah. what the fuck you're part like you're part of desert hearts you know that shit and then it's like because of what desert hearts stands for and and the whole ethos and culture of it you know that that person's a fucking good person and so then you're just friends immediately at I love party.
0: yeah I love that because it, it, being from the UK and you don't really, we don't really have crews that do that in Europe, in the UK, yeah. in Europe. It's like merch, anything like that is very American. Yeah. Um. And I kind of didn't understand it when I moved to America. I was like, like it's not cool to wear a T-shirt from a fucking artist. If you know what I mean, it's not Nothing's
1: cool. Cool. Nothing's
0: cool in the UK. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you have to hate everything anything. to be cool. And it's yeah, like it's wild because I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I, I
1: don't understand that because I'm not from there. And, yeah, and like, for me, it's always just fun to like try shit, and then if you fucking strike out, whatever. But like over there, yeah, I remember when. Uh, do you know Joseph? Yeah. Yeah. So like Joseph, he's from UK, and and he was always just like, I cannot wait until <laughs> you like you with your fucking top hat <laughs> and Lee Reynolds, crazy old man are like playing in the UK. Like people are going to fucking, their heads are going to explode. Yeah. Like, we're like, we're like, what do, you mean? <laughs> 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 yeah, what do you mean? It's very
0: different over here. It's like yeah. the scene is, it's, it's, it's different in a, in a good way. It's like polar opposites. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Both scene, both has its pros and cons. Yeah. Um, but I think there's something beautiful about people wanting to be part of something in, in America. And that's, uh, you don't really get that over here. Like let's say with, for, for instance, like the drum code crew, like it's mostly just a lot of dudes in soccer shirts or football shirts, uh, mm-hmm. like fist pumping, um, which is amazing. But there's, there's none of that, like. Same with like Hot Creations, you get a different, you get a different kind of people that go there. But there's no one wearing yeah. like Hot Creations t-shirts. If you know what I mean, yeah. Like you might get the occasional person, but it's generally an American person that's just rocked up at at the club because yeah. <laughs> they're the ones that buy the the merch. Um, but yeah. it is beautiful in America. Like I think Dirty Bird kind of nailed it with the merchandise, where it's just like. It's, it's, their machine yeah it's wild yeah. it's absolutely
1: wild they've got like the best Yeah, you know, their merch game is so tight like i have so much respect for it
0: yeah i think chris chris lake is doing the same at the moment he's like almost making like a black book fashion line and it's just like every yeah. every week something new comes out and you're like damn
1: yeah we're working on it we've we've got a bunch of stuff uh that's like ready to roll out that yeah. we're like planning on planning on doing you know like real fashion type stuff
0: yeah that's 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 the thing about merch for me is like i much prefer like i eventually want to have my own fashion line and Mm. merch for me is like i did the i I did a collab the other day with electric family and they wanted a t-shirt with my name on and like it's it literally took all my team to like and them to persuade me to do it because i just The idea of having a T-shirt with my name on cringes me out. Like I
1: never thought about it. Like it's just it just it to me it just feels so egotistical. Like and that's just that's my own. Yeah, totally. Like there's I know that there's people out there that would rock a Mikey Lime T-shirt for sure. But it's like yeah I I've never made any of my own merch, but I'm definitely like right at that. Right
0: at that, like, fucking that's
1: later stage of like, want yeah, it's, it's weird,
0: it's sure. really weird. And I did it during lockdown, so I haven't seen people wear them at shows, but I think that'll weird me out even more because it's just, it's just, I just don't, I don't, we all have egos and I have an ego, but I don't have that much of an ego that I need people to yeah. be wearing t shirts of my name on. <laughs> it's a bit I have rich.
1: like a hard enough time even just, like, doing Instagram stories of myself because I'm just, like, <laughs> ugh. Like, I like, feel like such a tool right now. But, like, I'm, like, people want to fucking see this, you know? And, like, so it's it's tough for me. I always, like, took that line of, like, not wanting to do this, but then also that's Having just to the do way of the world now. It's business, isn't it? And it's business. And what's cool, I guess what's cool about the merch is that so because we don't have cds now like like how much allegiance and how much love do you have for your favorite bands that you bought a cd of them back in the day yeah and like you have that physical connection to them because you're now invested in that band yeah totally and and without cds now that it's spotify like i listened to so much random stuff all the time and i love it but then i don't have any like complete allegiance to them or like yeah i don't have that same connection to that band because i haven't invested in them yeah and, and i think that merch i think that merch is really the way that you can kind of bridge that gap
0: yeah out. i guess i've never looked at it like that i think you're 100 percent right with spotify and the streaming platforms apple music and amazon music and all that where it's literally you don't listen to an album you a lot of people just listen to one record on an album and Mm. then it goes on to the next. it goes on to a different artist or it's like and you listen to like people have the attention span of a fucking goldfish and listen to like three minutes of a song and then like okay let's go on to the next one and then let's go on to the next one there's no like whereas i remember buying a cd and playing it in my car for about a month non like everywhere you go you just listen to a cd even when i was a kid like with cassettes um and and cds you would listen you would keep the same cd in your cd player for ages just listen and listen and listen and i just don't think we have that now i think the rate people are releasing music and, like, the the, the the ability for people to follow so many artists at one time. Like, Fridays is a shit show on Instagram, just in our community. Yeah. Like, yeah. every fucker is releasing a, a record. And mm. you're just like, how can people, like, digest all of this?
1: Yeah. It's the same thing with content across the board. Yeah. Movies were the same way, right? You had your VHS yeah. in-house and you just watch that movie over and over and over yeah. and you know you know the entire movie and like all of my favorite movies are movies that were from Back in the day. that generation yeah. you know and the ones that i resonate the most with because i know every line and um yeah i think that now it really is it's the war for attention right yeah and and like the big war going on is the war over your attention span and Unfortunately, all the top engineers in the world aren't working towards saving the world. They're working towards how can they keep your attention yeah. out for a, a few nanoseconds more on this app.
0: I take it you've and seen so, Social Dilemma. Have you have you seen Social Dilemma? I saw it, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And, and
1: I, knew, I think I knew a lot of it, but then I'm just like, when they package it up like that, just like oh my god we're in trouble
0: it's fu- it's dangerous and i think i think sometimes in with documentaries especially on netflix i kind of take with a pinch of salt um mm-hmm. whereas like there's a lot of documentaries that kind of talk shit um yeah and that are kind of politically leaning. Um, or cult leaning or whatever that yeah. is Um, but I truly this one was like we all knew yeah but I think it's that also someone telling you like the in depth of like what they're actually doing and you're just like this is mm-hmm. fucking wild
1: the first thing that I do whenever I watch a documentary after I watch it I'm I always go look up that documentary debunked,
0: debunked. yeah
1: and and I'm just like, okay, I want to get both sides of this. Like, where are they coming from politically? Where are they? What is what is their agenda with this documentary? Yeah. And uh, I couldn't really find one for the social dilemma. And then, funny enough, uh, uh, like, I saw something getting circulated on social media that, so the conspiracy behind the social dilemma is that Netflix wants you to give up social media as all your news so that you can only listen to mainstream media and, and that's their real ploy behind it. And, and if you, if you think that mainstream or that social media and, and getting your news through that is like not manipulating you or manipulating you, then, um, yeah, that's, yeah, like, I'm like, no, how are you going to head fuck me like that? Like, and, and I don't, and I don't really, I don't really believe in that. I'm like, I'm, I'm such a skeptic. Like, I love crushing conspiracy theories. Yeah. It's like, it's just, I don't know. I have like a science type. Like I, I have like a, a
0: trust in science. I, totally, I, I man. Totally. Science, of, science, oh. 90% of the time wins. And I don't care what anyone says. Like yeah. it's it is what it is. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing we can do. Um and the f- world isn't fucking flat. Put it yeah. that way. It's just yeah. not. <laughs> but then but then there's
1: experiences that I've had on psychedelics, on altered states of mind, where like science can't explain that yeah but, you know and so yeah like I, i've for sure had moments of like telepathy with people and things that don't make sense or or talking to like inanimate objects or like uh well like not inanimate but like plants i've talked to like the plants in my backyard before. <laughs> yeah and and um, sounds like a great great time yeah like, <laughs> it's like the fucking peak experience of my life actually like one of the like i'll, I'll just tell you the story it's because i don't think that uh, your fans are probably familiar with it but i've, I've told it before but uh no this is like, the very first time that i smoked dmt was at uh in my my parents backyard my dad had planted like every plant in that backyard and he's got like this full-on jungle. It's an amazing backyard. But to me, my whole life, I just thought of it as a way to make me do yard work. Yeah. And so I had no appreciation for this yard whatsoever, even though it's amazing. And uh, my brother gave me DMT for the first time back there. And like two minutes into it, I look up and every single... Plant every single leaf, everything in my backyard is just looking down at me, just going, Yes, 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 <laughs> yes with like the biggest shit eating grin on their face. And I'm losing it. I'm just like, Oh my god, what, like, like what is like what's happening? And they're they're and I'm watching fractal patterns of information shooting back and forth to one another. And I can understand, I'm just like, I can understand what they're saying, and they're saying, How amazing is this that he finally understands that we're just as alive as he is yeah and at the time i'm like my mind's just fucking going it's exploding at that moment right and i have this like thought i'm like at the time me and me and marbs were like cutting down plants in my backyard and putting them up at our jungle parties yeah and like using them as decorations so i'm like Oh my god. I'm so <laughs> sorry for cutting you guys down for my jungle parties. And they're like, "No dude, don't you understand that what you're using us for is for a positive impact in the world? You can use us anytime that you want." That's and crazy. I'm just like <laughs> like secret of life just given to me by the plants in my backyard, you know? Yeah. It's one like, like like as long as what we're doing is for a positive impact or net positive in the world. Like that's the way of the universe. That's the way of the world. That's how things should be. And so we started desert hearts two months later with that ethos.
0: And yeah.
1: that's given me my entire life now.
0: Yeah. I've never, I'm obviously, you know, I don't drink or take drugs. I've never done yeah. psychedelics and I, in the last like f- 2 3 years i've like been wanting to potentially try it but yeah i also know myself and know how much of a control freak i am and like how sure. things like have to be like very regimented and kind of and i'm just like kind of scared <laughs> if i did did try it yeah that For sure of course.
1: Something that um, there's this. Do you know who Aubrey Marcus is?
0: No. Nice.
1: Um, he's like a self-help guy. Um, he's this amazing personality. Has a podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast. But uh, he's also like a total psychedelic warrior, self-optimization type guy. And his perspective on it is how if you're if this is what if you're too scared to let your mind go and and explore like the depths of it how in control are you really yeah and I always thought that that was a cool perspective on it because I'm like to be honest I'm also scared of psychedelics too like I've had I've had scary moments um but oftentimes those the hardest trips that I've had the ones of like the most self-reflection and an in-depth analysis of what's going on in my life and like they're the, oftentimes the hardest and most painful but yeah. they're also the ones that i get the most out of
0: yeah yeah it does it and change like, when you're in different mindsets like if you're going through a lot of shit in your in your in your head in your life etc cetera, etc cetera, does it change kind of how the trip is when you kind of do sure. that massively yeah massively
1: um yeah it's it's one of those things that i like i can't recommend it enough because it's given me so much in my life yeah and it's and it's helped me through so many hard times or helped me realize different parts of my life that i hadn't ever thought of before yeah and it's just it's like It's kind of like if you like to travel, if you if you enjoy exploring the world and trying to see the world from as many angles as possible, yeah. Then there's pros to it. If if it's if that's it's not for everyone for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think everyone should do it, but I do think that um, it's something worth dabbling in and, and like exploring a little bit. I'll give you a cool one once I've done it if I do it yeah i mean what like what which which one in particular
0: would i don't know, know. Would, i don't like, the thought of you're taking sure. acid does not appeal to me if i'm totally honest sure. you. it just doesn't yeah. appeal to me it just feels kind of like too man-madey kind of just doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't appeal to me um dmt yeah, mushrooms right. kind of do um uh, i
1: would say i would say like dmt and mushrooms are probably like you're best starting point if you're going to explore that i mean dmt is like the most potent one out of all of them but it's also the most spiritual like i went into that dmt trip like a fucking pretty hard atheist and yeah and i left that dmt trip just going i know nothing (laughs) like I, I, like, that just completely <laughs> warped my entire sense of like science is right. Like, you can explain these things through science. And, and like, I left there just like, oh, I have an open mind now. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's, it, it completely changed my worldview. Yeah. But, Tempted. you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it really is like they call it the spirit molecule and what's crazy about it is that everyone has the same yeah. type trip on DMT like there's fucking spirits that come in yeah. and
0: like show you things yeah yeah well we it, all have it don't we we all have DMT in in our body and it we yeah. it, we release it when we're about to die pretty much i believe yeah i
1: think there's i think there's some uh, I think there's, like, different arguments for, like, for that and against it. Yeah. Um, but, but DMT is in a lot of different things, a lot of living things in yeah. the world. And they think it might have something to do with dream state. They think yeah. it might have something to do with when you're born, when you die. Yeah. Um, of, like, helping usher you into, like, that next level or something. Or or, or even just, like, give you some kind of climactic peace as you're like going into nothingness you know about to go yeah Um,
0: it's wild but it's it's dreaming it it, dreaming is fucking crazy as well if you think about it like (laughs) like how many times you wake up and be like what the fuck just happened in my dream (laughs) (laughs) and then 10 minutes later you can't remember it you ever get in a fight in one of your dreams oh dude i have this like reoccurring dream
1: and you just throw like the fucking weakest punches ever. You like,
0: ah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this recurring dream that like me and my dad get in a fight with some fucking random farmers that come onto our drive. It sounds like redneck as fuck, but I yeah. always wake up. It's and it's literally the same dream every time, exactly the same, and it's yeah. weird. And you're just like, yeah. how, like, where, where in, where does it come? F- like it must be something from the non-dream world that's triggering it mm. in the dream world. There must be something happening because that you like. There are theories of what dreams mean, right? Um, mm. and you can read. I don't know how true they are. Or whatever. Like, if you dream, like your your hair's falling out, or your teeth are falling out. Like, it supposedly means you're like stressed or something like that. But you're just like, mm. how how does it work? Because like, I've had some of the best sex I've ever had in some of my dreams. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, you wake up and you're like, damn, that was amazing. And then two minutes later, you're like, oh, damn, that was not real. Yeah. Like, Check your pants and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe when I was like 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, There's a, uh, you know, the the explanation that I've always resonated with the most is that dreams are preparing us for situations to come or you know they're not they're not predictive of things that are going to happen but they're preparing our minds for a fight or flight experience of like how you would go about training for something like that that makes sense i guess that does make sense so it's like, yeah, you have a dream, and you're up against a bear.
0: Yeah, and fuck, uh, I'm in Montana right now, so I'm, I've got bears on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I but, wonder, uh, I wonder how many, how many, I wonder if dreams are ever from like past experiences that you didn't ever experience, but like, like your parents experienced or your grandparents experienced or something like that, mm-hmm. where you're just like completely it has, it's something's been passed down to you because we all have, yeah. we all have things that are passed down to us that it's just sure. instinctual, right? Like it's like a dog. You chuck a dog in a water and in water and they can swim. Well, they've never swam yeah. in their life and they can swim. Like where did they get that from? Chuck a baby in water mm-hmm. and they can't bloody swim. So that we all have yeah. these instinctual things. And I would wonder if the dreams are part of that, that things are handed down because a lot of people have the same dreams same type of dreams mm.
1: yeah yeah i, I, I genetic in the, the like the talents that can get passed down through genetics is pretty wild especially like and i think that there's there, there's a lot of proof of it too yeah it's like the world's best basketball players often have like incredible ta- incredibly talented kids yeah at the same type of thing and it's uh yeah like it's, it's a, and it can be a learned skill too and like yeah. that learned skill can be passed, down, passed down
0: yeah that's wild isn't it and then mm-hmm. you get the like crazy intelligent what like the freak children that are super intelligent and their parents can't fucking do anything and you're like yeah. how did that happen
1: <laughs> I yeah that always blows my mind that's like everything I think everyone's hoping for that too. Like <laughs> God smarter
0: than me. <laughs> yeah, I totally don't know what exactly. I'm
1: doing, but just be smarter.
0: Talking about crazy things. Um, I think that's perfect time to talk about Lee. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> the first yeah. time I met Lee was at that festival in Baltimore. Yeah. And he showed me a picture yeah. of his dick. Within about, yeah. <laughs> within about two seconds he's like oh you're
1: Will Clark oh, let me show you some of my porno pics
0: <laughs> I was like I was so impressed as well like just the fact that his confidence in himself yeah. when he was just talking about the night before what happened in the like you were just like sat next to him like with your hands in your head going what the fuck is going on here <laughs> but like i can imagine that the the stories that come from lee is like the best stories ever
1: yeah they're insane yeah i mean he used to be a professional BMX rider
0: oh really so- i didn't
1: know that yeah when he was 18 he moved from england and he moved because he's from Oxford originally yeah. and then he left like he's he always like a really smart kid got really good grades but then just was like not BMX is my life and he moved to oddly enough North County San Diego like my city yeah the same year that I was born he moved there <laughs> and like just per- started pursuing a, a BMX career and so his entire life has been like really extreme right yeah. and when he got uh he broke his ankle and couldn't bmx anymore and i think that's about the time that he started djing in the 90s and but i mean he was like on the same level maybe like a little bit below like the top top guys at the time like Damn. matt hoffman dave mira the guys who were like the x games finalists and like yeah. gold medal winners. he was like those that was his crew Jeez, and i didn't know that and so he's he just has that like ultra fast-paced lifestyle like always needs to have some form of chaos in his life and he just kind of thrives on it um i always like i question it every day because i'm just like dude get some fucking regularity in your life bro you can't just like you can't do this forever. The but. weird
0: thing is, is that you're half his age and you're telling him to do that.
1: Oh, dude, we used to DJ. We used to like DJ as a duo of, and it was just kind of like a off the cuff thing, but we would get booked as father and son yeah. just to like, and not only was it like an amazing joke because people would like come up to us crying, be like, it's so beautiful. You're <laughs> DJing with your father. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the father in this relationship. <laughs> this dude is so irresponsible. Like I am fucking wearing the pants in this relationship. Like definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have Desert Hearts without Lee. Like he's a fucking the energy that he has is like the most pure love, unbridled, just fucking fantastic. And I think it took like me and Marv's kind of just wrangling him yeah and like you you know he was he was djing he'd been djing for like 15 20 years at the time when we met and you know he was just he, he was never like planning to make a career out of it or anything and then we were just like dude you're coming with yeah, us. yeah we want to go on a like journey he had his own he had his own little crew and whereas it's like Nah <laughs> you're coming you're coming with us dude and like we just started we just made this like fucking power crew of like my brother and Lee and Marbs and just started like our takeovers we were like for the first five years of DJing we were like hitting it hard yeah and partying looking super super hard and wanting to like Create these experiences for the fans to like remember us by, and so we'd go out and like fucking just put it pedal to the metal everywhere we went, and then you know you start figuring out like, oh, I can't do this
0: forever, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. Still, but he can. He's still doing. He can. <laughs> he can. He has. There's some people that that can just keep going and for sure it takes a huge skill but then also there's some people that think they can keep going and then they realize that a time in their life comes where you're like okay let's tap out let's like yeah. let's when when was that for you
1: um that was probably like 5 years ago or so or like 4 years ago i so I was like partying a lot and Lee was like my idol at the time and like I was just like fucking if you're partying this hard and you're that old I can fucking party that hard and I just started noticing my mental abilities were just slipping and my memory going to shit my like mental mental fog was getting worse and my biggest fear in life is is losing my mind and yeah. and getting like dementia and and it just scares the fucking shit out of me and i kind of just hit that point where i'm like i'm losing it i'm i'm starting to like this yeah. is not good and i'm only like late 20s you know and and i think like the lifestyle in general right is already a ridiculous lifestyle yeah. of meeting thousands of people a year and everyone remembers you but you can't remember everyone yeah yeah. and of that always plays a big toll on me because i want to remember people and then yeah. people are like no nah, dude remember when we partied like fucking at this after party like told late hours in the morning like we did that like all weekend like you don't remember me i'm just like i don't remember <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just have to go along and, with and it so like, like yeah dude
1: yeah it's and it's like it sucks and it scares me and so i started wrangling in my mental health about yeah like four years ago or so yeah and i went sober for four months like off of everything everything and my mental health started coming back yeah and my ability to remember things and to function and to have conversations started coming back and <clears throat> that like gave me the push to be like oh okay it's your brain is so malleable and you can do so much with it. Even when you think that it's going to shit, you can still like do things and you have to train it. Your brain yeah, is something totally. you have to train constantly.
0: It's a muscle. And it's a muscle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Do you meditate for it all? I don't. I, I've i been told I really need to. Um, I've been told I should. I know I should. I want to do yoga. Um, there's a lot of things that I really should do. I train a lot in the gym. I do a lot of exercise. Yeah, you're that, huh? I do a lot of like outside stuff. Um, mm. But my mind is like always on the go. And I I know, sure. you know, when, you know, when you know you need to do something, but you just haven't got to that point in your life where you are actually doing it. Um, yeah, I, I'm there. And I think... I think i'm gonna try something in the next couple of months i hope yeah there's a couple really excellent apps that can that can produce you to it
1: um one of them is called waking up okay and another called calm and those were like taught me how to meditate basically yeah um do you do every day i haven't been meditating as of late as of late um i'm like a i'm a creature of routine and if I don't have my routine then everything falls apart yeah and so like when I got sober I also instilled like a hard regimented routine for the first time in my life and it did like amazing wonders for me yeah up at 7 a.m every day at the gym by eight I had a whole routine in the morning of like push-ups water ex you know some kind of exercise just like a quick one yeah um meditation then i was playing brain games and was just like fucking hitting it hard on it yeah yeah and then as soon as like as soon as one thing falls off then like everything falls off yeah so right now i'm on the road living like a completely unpredictable (laughs) day-to-day traveling um not yeah, not knowing what I'm doing yeah it's really hard for me on weekends too to, yeah like it's when 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 gigging was like my weekends were always shot I would yeah. always try to like have some semblance of my routine on the weekend and it would just be like so hard for me
0: um, um I yeah I totally but, I can totally relate to you with that um with routine routine I have to have routine in my life without a shadow of a mm-hmm. doubt and I, mm-hmm. I think I've always had that from just being my parents are very routined um and being younger playing a lot of sports and kind of having that routine if it's i i have this weird mental thing in my head where like i always have to be doing something and it's like today like i before i had a po- I, I w- I woke up at 10 to 6 this morning and went to the gym and did a did a bit of work and and then I had a bit of time before the podcast and I was like, oh, fuck it. Let's just go to the gym again. And, it, and I did like an hour on the step machine and I don't know what it is. Um, because realistically <clears throat> I should be like, just fucking chill. Well, like sit on the sofa and like watch a documentary or like, just don't do something. And like, but I have to just fucking do something. And I really would like to, learn how to have a balance and Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know how how do you find that because obviously again on weekends it's like we're so used to just touring every fucking weekend and just being so like we come back on a monday or a tuesday and like it's like getting back into that routine but even when i'm on the road i i like get off the plane and i go straight to the gym Mm -hmm. and then i'll eat and then go to the club and then it's just kind of that thing but like what's what helps you when you're touring do you, do you keep a routine when you're touring
1: no my routine like almost always goes to shit um, but i try i try to go to the gym like when i'm touring yeah. i try to if i have enough time cuz that's that's the shit right there yeah. like that's something that can just fucking keep your ass like on it just, just on it for sure Um, but yeah, like I I always, I always kind of like let my weekends, they were kind of like my days off from the routine type thing. Yeah. Um, but I always knew that like, no matter what time that I got home on Sunday night, if I can like wake up at 7am on Monday morning, my week's going to be fucking
0: great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) and it's like, go on, sorry, carry on. Oh yeah, it yeah, it's just like if you're gonna fucking beat yourself up on the weekend partying <laughs> and stuff, then you need yeah. to you can't have the excuses for the middle of the week.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think for me it's just that try I struggle to I struggle to switch off. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do something out it that's in my routine, I really struggle. I like have this like mental thing where I'm like beating myself up in my head and like i'm telling myself that i'm lazy and it's like i've got to like just fight that inner argument i have with myself sometimes how how regimented is your day as far as like do you have a routine in the morning or do you have like a routine the entire day it depends if if i'm touring compared to now is different like my routines have kind of changed Mm. a little bit now Uh, we're not kind of fucking doing anything really but still every single day i wake up and go to the gym um mm. and and but like if i'm touring my usual day is wake up go to the gym get home go in the studio and write and i treat the studio l- like a job almost i'm i'm kind yeah. of one of those types of people that even if i'm not feeling it even which can happen quite often i make i make myself right and i just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and i might get to the end of the day where i'm like fuck sake like what like i could be in the worst possible mood but i know that i like put work in that day and then i'll just Mm. eat and go to bed or go go out with some friends and go to the cinema Mm. or something like that um but my my days are pretty i'm not very spur of the moment type of person Mm -hmm. um and I struggle when, thing when my plans get changed. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: For me, I'm I'm not I'm not a studio rat. Like that's mm. like for me, working in the studio is like hard. Right? It, it, not hard, but it's like I get bored pretty quickly, yeah. and so I have to work when I'm inspired. Yeah, and yeah. like, and yes i know i should be working like yeah. i i should be yeah. working way harder than i am for sure always um
0: i think i think that's, that's the thing yeah. i think that's the thing isn't it is that we, sorry to butt in but like we tell ourselves we should be doing this and we should be doing that and we should be doing this mm-hmm. but it's like should we should we really yeah. like for you like if music if if you only like to work when you're inspired the well that's when you should work um whether whether you work on being inspired more and work working out how you how what it's, it's that kind of that mental thing where you're like you wake up and you feel inspired today and then you're like why why do I feel inspired or how do I do things to feel inspired and for me that's something that I I work on I and I do quite a lot is like we all have those days where we wake up and we feel shit and we feel lazy. And then what I would do is I would go to the gym to get out of that. And then that puts me in that kind of inspired mood. But then if I'm sat in the studio and I'm just like not enjoying it, I'll just go for a walk, just go for a walk and then, and then come back and see. But for me, I have to, i'm still trying to work out what fully inspires me because i'd love to be like okay this inspires me i know that this is going to help me be inspired and then i'll just go and do it when i'm not inspired and i think that's the thing for you is if you wanted to produce more if you wanted to get out more and write more music it's just about working out how to inspire yourself to get in that mindset right yeah and i've never really been
1: like a super prolific producer as far as like. Like, I'm not the guy for other producers to come to and, like, have me teach you all these fucking yeah. technical tricks. That's just, like, not me. Like, um, but when I do get inspired and then when I do start making music, I just, I, like, I make it from the heart a lot of times. Yeah. And so, like, the new track that I just put out, um, it's called The Way You're Wrong, and it's, like, I found this sample that like just resonated with me so much and it like i wanted to kind of just like have a female perspective of when you're in a fight with your loved one yeah and like that like the pain that you have with it but then also like it's worth it you know yeah, yeah. When, you, when you fight with someone and uh yeah i mean the track is actually like the highest charting track i've ever had um, this came out last Friday and it's like sitting at number two on the Deep House Top 100 Congrats. so I'm like psyching right now and I'm just like oh fuck I, I <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like like on vacation right now I was, uh, you know I'm like on a road trip right now and I'm uh, like trying to get to internet sources to like fucking post about shit yeah. it's like bro I'm like what do you expect <laughs> this to kill so hard
0: um, that's the beautiful thing about music is that you just never know what's going to connect yeah and the ones yeah. the ones yeah. you think the ones that you think are going to connect never do and the ones that do connect the ones that, that you don't ever think is going to connect always do yeah it's just it's just a wild thing um yeah did you, did you put it out on desert hearts label yeah cool man do you do you put yeah. everything out on there now or are you like solely for the on most desert
1: hearts? part i have i put some stuff i put out like a track on dirty bird i put a track out on el row um and i think it like it definitely helped especially like the dirty bird track i did with sasha called glide yeah it was like kind of a hit of of that year yeah um and so that was like that upped my profile enormously especially because dirty bird just has such a bigger audience as far as their label goes than better hearts records yeah but um man, i love i love like being able to pick what comes out on Desert Hearts though. Yeah. And like you you've got your own label now. And are you are you primarily putting stuff out there? Are you still putting out everything everywhere?
0: So yeah, for me, I I haven't signed anyone to the label. It's just my mm. stuff out there at the moment. Um primarily it's gonna all be out on my record label. There's yeah. a couple of labels that I still will kind of put music out on. Um, mm. But for me I've gone of the days of trying to fit in with crews. Um, yeah. and I want to be in the point where I, for me, I want to create a label that I can, I want it to be, I don't really want it to be a crew label. Yeah. I want it to be a label where artists, where I can really help artists get a foot in and kind of build their career. Um, and mm-hmm. doing label parties and things like that. Yes. It appeals to me. But it's not the be-all and end-all why I'm doing the label. For me, I just want to be able to... I think a lot of record labels have kind of lost that, what a record label is for. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of record labels now, in our industry, in our scene, literally just release other people's music to benefit the heads of the record labels, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, of course. And for me... I want to be able to give artists something that a record label isn't doing. Um and I also don't just want to write a uh, release like electronic music. I want it to be kind of a whole yeah. kind of different genre label. So I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do that. Um which is why I haven't signed anyone because I'm still learning a lot. Um and kind of uh, the team that I have are, are amazing, but it's still it's going to take a while but and for me to want to sign somebody i'm going to want to sign somebody that i fully absolutely love and i love everything about Mm. them i love their personality that's for me loving the person and getting the person is more than the music to me to a certain extent
1: they couldn't agree more um
0: yeah it's that's
1: that's a big ethos of our label yeah is like I have to believe in you as a person. I have to believe in what you stand for. Um, your music's got to be fucking good, yeah, and it's got to be like an entire thing. Like, like, I don't want to sign people that are have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, I want to sign people that are like, this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah, want to go full all and out. And because I don't want to take those opportunities away yeah. from someone who. Does want that and is that hungry? Like I'm always looking for who's super fucking hungry. Yeah, and I love that. It's like it's like Lubelski, right? Lubelski, Wyatt, Marshall. Yeah, they're like guys that I fully believe in because I see how hungry they are and I yeah. see how hard they're working, and that's who I want to support. Like, and then you know, if there's other artists out there that I resonate with that have like come play the festival, yeah, or like andreas hennenberg yeah. uh he's someone that just we never knew him before or anything he just came out to the festival ended up staying for like two nights and then we're just like we are best friends now yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're the shit like yeah. you're the fucking coolest guy ever and then um like i'll always put his music out and he's yeah. always like he does our mastering for our label too okay so cool. it's like symbiotic relationship and uh just that those are the people that i want on the label people that give a fuck people that are in it for the community and are in it for the family and like realize that when they come and like they're being welcomed in they're appreciative of it you know and like yeah yeah yeah
0: i i totally agree and for me i want to be able to I want to be able to give something to the artists that they're not necessarily going to get from another label. Um, Mm. And, and I like with your ethos, I kind of, it's kind of similar to a certain extent where like, I want to just be able to have like a family of the label um, that, Mm. that they all are doing their own different thing, but everyone has respect for everyone on the label and kind of is like a, a collective and kind of respects each mm. other for for each individual that, that, that they are yeah um but yeah man it's uh releasing music's a strange time at the moment
1: yeah dude. so bizarre i'm i'm like live streaming once a week for eight hours at a time and then i'm like all right <laughs> here's ya. my debut track i hope you guys are ready for it <laughs> <laughs> it's like I would never do that I would never like announce my new track yeah. fucking at a gig you know with, like this like house music and you now it's like we're not in the fucking trap bass scene no. so, like, getting on the mic is like frowned upon in our scene like I would never touch a mic but now that I'm like streaming from my home into your home Yeah. it's, it's, it's different. all entertaining right it's it, and and anyone can play a DJ set but yeah. like I'll get on the mic now and like tell stories and just like have fun and I'll read people's comments and like have tried it. It's a completely different skill. Yeah. And, and it's something that was just like the biggest head fuck in the beginning because in one respect, we're not connected because we're not in the same room, but in another regard, I feel more connected to my fans than I've ever felt before. Yeah. And and I think that my career in Desert Hearts is probably the biggest we've ever been. Yeah. Without actually having gigs to play.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's
1: a bizarre world thing that's happening right now that we never knew or expected to happen. It just organically happened. And now we're partnered up with twitch it saved our business from the brink yeah and like we
0: didn't have to fire any of our employees we like it it completely saved our business that's amazing you've definitely done it the right way um there's people that haven't done it the right way and you've definitely done it the right way so congrats on that because that's why i didn't do it because i just didn't i I knew i couldn't do it the right way
1: you Um, have to grind like that's that's the thing on it is like if you're going to be successful at it, you actually have to put in a fuck ton of hours.
0: It's like anything. And I think people don't realize this. And it's, I've had this conversation so many times over lockdown. And it's like, for me, I want to do something that I absolutely love. That's, that's my, my, my kind of ethos in life is that I just Mm -hmm. want to be able to do something that I absolutely love. Yeah. And, I know how much work it takes to get to where I am now. And I'm still not even where I want to be. And I know how long it's taken. And likewise with you, like, you know how much work you've had to put in to get to where you're at. Um, Mm. and with the Twitch thing and the live streams is like, I know how much work I'd have to put in and Mm. it doesn't appeal to me that much for me to want to put that much work into it. Right. And that's the thing like for me the difference thing like what i really wanted to do is do a podcast and 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 i put the hours in doing that and and that Mm. pays off and i've been planning that i was planning this since november last year yeah um and it got to lockdown and it was like now is the perfect time like Mm. no one's touring everyone's at home like we can just have conversations and I've never sat down and spoke to you for this long in my life. No, never. And it, I, I think it's a, just a really nice time to be able to like connect with people that are in our industry that we've never connected with. Really. All we've done yeah. is like cheersed each other, hugged each other and said hi and then cracked on. Um, yeah. And I, and I think there's a lot of people that I want to talk to in this industry that I've, I really just want to get to know because I know that mm. next time we hang out, we're going to have a good conversation and we're, go- sure. we're probably going to spend more. We're probably going to make more time for each other next time. Um, and I think that's the thing is like, there's a lot, of bit for me, there's been a lot of learning in, in lockdown on actual the community around life um, and who, who's in your community and who isn't in your community really. Um, yeah. And for me, it's just, I really want to get to know the people that I really respect, whether that's Mm -hmm. in music, whether that's in sport, whether that's in something. And I think that it's the most beautiful thing about a podcast is that Mm -hmm. anyone can listen to this, but realistically we're not worrying about anyone listening. It's just a conversation between two dudes. Um, And I think that's kind of what you're kind of getting from live stream and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like, it is that connection where you're not, you're not in a club and you're not just looking out to a sea of people where I I don't know when you DJ, but generally when I DJ, I generally just like zone in on a few people. But when you're on live stream, like it's very personal, Mm -hmm. It's very personal and people are living their lives whilst listening to you. Whereas in a club, they're not.
1: Yeah. What's crazy about live streaming that I had to wrap my head around is when you're DJing for a club, you're reading body language. When you're DJing for a live stream, you're reading literal thoughts of people. Yeah. Like like you're getting the most amount of feedback you can ever get from a live stream. And so that's, something that was and i even one of the nights when i was early on we were like having there's like probably like four people at my house and we we're all like like some mushrooms started going around and i started <laughs> taking them while i was djing i would never in my mat like i would never do that at a gig because it fucking freaks me out <laughs> and, and and i'm and it freaked me out on the live stream as well yeah. like i'm just into like
0: oh my god
1: this is too much stimulus like this is up. but it was just one of those things where i just had that epiphany it's like holy shit the difference that like they're worlds apart but they're similar and yeah just like it, it, it was. it's a wild wild world that we're living in in right now and I've actually I've been kicking around the idea of doing a podcast as well for a while, Um, and I've kind of been having like second guesses about it because just I think the world that we're in right now is like with all the cancel culture and and like all I I listen to a shitload of podcasts like I'm a huge stand up comedy fan yeah huge comedy podcast fan I listen to like so many podcasts and. All my favorite podcasts are the ones that are pushing the envelope of like what's acceptable in our current <laughs> climate yeah and that because that's to me like like humor and comedy to me is my fucking that's my shit like escapism yeah. right
0: it like it's escapism it's it's what people yeah. do to come and see you dj when you listen mm-hmm. to com- well I can only speak for myself but when I listen to comedians on podcasts mm-hmm. it's escapism from reality and they're saying the things that I want to say that I I probably, if I said, I would be canceled.
1: Right. And like, exactly. And there's just, I keep having this this thing, like I want my podcast to be silly and fun and like I want to know what makes people laugh. I want to know like what they're like, I want to know like crazy party stories and shit. But then I'm also like just watching people just get, annihilated and like it's <laughs> like oh my god like do i do i make my podcast something that's more politically correct so that i can like avoid that or do i like push the boundaries of like what i actually fucking think and risk
0: losing my career i think you know? i think i think you should start a podcast this is my opinion I think you should start yeah. a podcast. Um, yeah, is this one going all right? <laughs> yeah, this is good. But I think <laughs> what it is, is I, I understand what you're saying. However, I think you have enough people around you that understand you. Yeah. And that know sure. you as a person. Um, It's something that I think we all battle with every day as, as people that, I don't want to call us public figures, but people look up to. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, not a lot of people, the minority is looking at bringing us down. Everyone, right. anybody that's successful, success, not even that anybody. There's just people out there that just want to fucking take someone down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some stuff recently where somebody tr- tried to make up some awful shit and it's just 100% not true luckily because so many people support me no one's probably even heard of it if you know what I mean I don't even really want to talk about because it doesn't need to be brought up but it's like when you have a people around you that when you're a respectful person right I'm a respectful person we know our boundaries in life we know what's right and wrong we we understand how we understand how to respect people's feelings um but we're allowed different opinions and it's okay to have different opinions in this world however being online it doesn't it's very hard to have your own opinion but when you have people around you that support you and understand where you're coming from, that's the difference. Um, and I think people need to hear more, more people like ourselves talking about their opinions, um, Mm -hmm. and, and talking because the the more we talk about our opinions, the, the more people get used to it. Um, Mm -hmm. and, I think the more people get used to it, the less cancer culture is going to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think a lot of people are just scared yeah. of saying stuff. Um, and realistically, the ones that aren't scared of saying stuff, comedians, pretty much the comedians, they, yeah. they can do it. And they, they actually thrive because there's a lot of people that don't say how they feel, but they want to hear somebody talk about how they feel
1: exactly Um, yeah comedians are kind of the last truth tellers in our society right now because totally they're actually in a world where they're like allowed to speak their mind because it's just fucking true yeah and they can cut through the bullshit and yeah unfortunately like we're djs you know and and i think that like but but i i completely agree with you that the more that like we can talk about this stuff the better it's going to be because human beings are just fucking complicated. And that's, that's, that's it. Like yeah. everyone that we know has done some fucked up shit. Of course you fucked up shit. I've done fucked up shit. It's like, you know, it is. It, and it's just like, it's complicated. And like when people are getting like canceled for being like associated with someone who did fucked up shit, you're like, yeah. your fucking own, like family has probably done yeah. that shit too you know and like i don't know i think there's probably a lot of projecting that's going on as far as like when people are like taking like when when people are like really going for it like take people down it's probably because
0: they might be doing something themselves you know totally totally agree and i also i also think at this moment in time a lot of people are doing fucking nothing with their lives and this sounds awful Mm -hmm. like we've everyone has been put into a situation where their jobs have been taken away from them they have Mm -hmm. no income they're especially in america at the moment the political situation like everyone's at it's a very sensitive time. And I feel like we live in a world now where a lot of people don't want to take responsibility for themselves and they just Mm. want to blame. Um, Mm. And blame culture is the beginning of all evil. When you start, when people stop, I can, for me, like when I start blaming people for, something that's happened and i've done it i've done it so many times yeah. and like like records like i blame record labels for not working the records yeah if you know what i mean i've, I've done i I've blame promoters for not selling tickets realistically it's fucking people just don't want to see me and people that don't want to listen to my music and i'm not big enough yeah. to sell those tickets that's the facts but yeah. until i until i learned to kind of truly take like everything that happens in my life it's down to me, mm-hmm. whether, whether nobody can make me feel anything mm-hmm. like it's my choice, how I respond to yeah. what somebody does to me. It's my choice, how I feel about some, about something. I can't go, Oh fucking Mikey lion made me feel sad. No, like yeah. it's my choice to feel sad. Um, we live in this Blame culture and classic coronavirus is a classic example. Like we all have to find something to blame. But at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. none of us have a fucking clue. And it is what it is. Even the people at the top don't have a clue. But because the people at the top are the people at the top, we have to blame them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not healthy because it doesn't create relationships because it it doesn't create healthy relationships because everyone has to be right and no one can no one can actually find their true no one can actually have a sit down and have a conversation with people and be like this is what i think yeah what what do you think and then both of them you might not agree but if you don't agree, you can still be friends. You can still, yes. you can still get on. You can still be married. You can still, they can like, I've, I know people that in mostly in America, that people don't even talk to their family now based on their political views. Right. And you're like, they're your family. Yeah, like yeah. they brought you into this world. We're not going to agree with everything. Okay. But why are you allowing one person at the top of that, that runs the country to affect your family. So you won't even speak to them. Mm -hmm. Like it's some fucking wild shit.
1: And you're just like, human beings are just so tribal by nature. Yeah. That, that when we have the opportunity to become part of a team and grow with that team and, and like, you're now, you now identify with that team. And and when you're on the left, you're on the right or whatever it might be like, that's your now, that's your fucking identity and that's your crew. And you're going to, when you feel that you're being attacked, you're going to fucking fight back. Yeah. And, and it's, that's why it's the news and everything right now is, that's why it's so polarizing because they have to play to that base and then it just fuels it more and then add in this entire sense of fake news and and that um, no one knows what's real anymore no. and that's just going to get worse like that's why this entire situation right now is so hard to navigate because no one knows anything anymore yeah. and and that's probably fueling a lot of the blame culture totally. and you know it's like what are we gonna fucking do it can't be my fault yeah you know like this gotta be be everyone's fault yeah and no one knows what's real
0: anymore so we're just (laughs) i think that's the thing is but part of that is the media where everyone's given different types of the same information so you could go to one media outlet and they're saying one thing and then you can go to another media outlet and they're saying another thing and both of them are telling fucking lies yeah and you're just like it's it's such a such a strange situation to be in when Mm. the news outlets in the world aren't telling you the truth they're just telling you based on a political opinion on their political opinion on yeah. what they want to kind of get across to the world, and it's wild times. But I think that camp- you wanna have, Do You want to have you? Do you want to have kids when at some point? No, no, no. I've 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 never never wanted kids. Um, I've I've dated a girl with kids, um, yeah, and that doesn't it's, it, but doesn't bother me the whole that if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. and and the reason why I don't there isn't really any reason why I don't want to have kids. It's just I just don't really want yeah. them. Um, why do you ask?
1: Uh, well, it's just something that I always think about because I I want kids, but I'm also conflicted in it because I'm like Oof. <laughs> I, I kind of see how where things are headed, yeah, technology-wise, and you're just like, wow, I'm not sure. If we're still going up at this point, yeah, you know, and our society is is getting vastly more complicated every day as new technology arrives, and and it's just that's like the reality of it now. And is it is it an environment that I want to bring kids into? Is something that I think about. I feel that. But at the same time, I really want kids. I really want to have little fucking. Mikey <laughs> boy lines. and girl running around, you know, and like raising them. And I'm I'm here yeah. with my friends in Montana, and they have like, this beautiful baby boy. And I'm like, oh my god, that would be so awesome yeah. to have right now.
0: I I, um, I think kids. Uh, my one of my or a lot of my very close friends back here in the UK and around the world. Like they are all starting to have kids, and it's it's amazing to see. Um, mm-hmm. And I understand what you're saying, but I truly think that it's I think each generation learns more um and I think it just goes to show like our parents we're we're the same age so I'm pretty sure our parents are pretty similar ages like just how they are compared to how our generation is is world world's different and their 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 parents were very different to to them as well um and I think sometimes you have you have to kind of take a couple of steps backwards to go a few steps forward. Um, and I think mm. now there might be a few steps backwards, but I still think we live in the best time ever, um, in the grand mm. scheme of what the world and and what's to offer, um, obviously taking mm. out coronavirus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, except
1: for that, except, except for that one, except thing. for
0: that thing. <laughs> um, but I, I, I hear, I've, I've heard that a lot um, With people scared of bringing in kids But I think that, I, I don't know But I think that's probably normal yeah. Maybe it's just like Maybe we're just living in the most exciting time
1: ever And you just kind of have to think about it like that And
0: I think I think exactly. we really are
1: I think, Oh for sure sh- it's, it's not really even
0: are.
1: close It's not even close The amount of stimulus and Amount of entertainment and fun, like dude, people used to fucking just go like burn tires and shit for fun back (laughs) in the day. (laughs) You know, like now we're like, now we've got like virtual reality and crazy ass shit that's happening, and now it's like endless, but it's it's wild and it's complicated and complex, and yeah, I guess it's it's, like, all right, if, if that's the reality that we're living in. Scary. You just have to accept it, and then you have to instill some kind of like deep awareness of how you're being manipulated by all these technologies around you. And it, I think if you can, if you can be awareness of it, then you can look at it from a macro level and like yeah, understand how things are working. Because if you get sucked into it, like it's crazy. I've watched my dad just become like. My dad's been like this Republican dude his whole life. Yeah. But now you couldn't find someone who hates Trump more. Like, <laughs> like, it's, it's wild. Yeah. How how crazy. he's And I'm just like, well, you, that is the party you've been supporting, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's like, what? What the fuck? Like, yeah. And I watch and I watch it tear him apart every night. And I'm like, dude, turn off the news. Yeah. None of this affects you. Yeah. This isn't something that is like if you didn't watch the news or didn't read the newspaper, nothing in your life would change. Totally. You'd still have your friends. You would still have your family. All of this would be yeah. still okay. But we are getting sucked in to the fucking entertainment. Like all politics, it's just entertainment. Totally. All the outland opinions and and things that they say, it's just. Entertainment and it's it's just how clicks. they sell shit. And so if you can be aware of that, then you can tune it out better and you can actually live your life with some peace and, and friendship and not lose your friends because they
0: support Trump or they yeah. don't. And I totally agree. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And if for the last maybe two years, I I've stopped following all news completely everything off news um at the beginning of coronavirus on twitter i unfollowed like three thousand people and was just like and i'm still at the i'm still kind of thinking of like unfollowing everybody on all my socials and and then just kind of like weaning in people that i actually really like yeah care about um because i thought about it I should probably do that. Fucking do it, man. <laughs> it, like it, Twitter, it, i it, 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 it... go on. I
1: Twitter is so gnarly. <laughs> it's so it's so heavy. It just fucking like I only got on it like like maybe two years ago or so, and like actually started putting in time to try to grow it on there, and like. It's a war zone over there. Yeah, and so is Facebook. Facebook is now this wild, wild shit that goes on on Facebook of just like people just shitting on their old friends. Yeah, I like I, having I opinions, that, and then and then yeah, like you can't actually have a a, a reasonable, healthy conversation over 240 characters on Twitter. No, you got it. It's just not possible. No. You can't ever have you can never have growth and like figure out real complex situations with 240 characters. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. So then that's also like is the same thing with with um even like the whole Black Lives Matter thing right now. Like of course we support Black Lives Matter. Yeah. But if you don't Phrase it in the exact right phrasing. Get ready to get torched.
0: Yeah, and it happens to Dirty Bird. Happens to Dirty Bird. happens to Cord. And yeah, like I'm sorry, but just because just because it's not how you want it to be doesn't mean that you're right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that anyone's right like it goes back to that thing doesn't it is like the people around you know where you're coming from Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people on the peripheries that don't have a fucking clue and they just want to bring you down because it's fun it's it's entertainment it's it's
1: legitimate recreational outrage that it's a fun thing to do and it and it, I think it gives people a lot of self identity of, of like, hey, I'm doing my part by removing these people from the entertainment scene or, you know, and, and I think that it's just more complicated than that. Well, it's also people
0: and, in our scene. It's people, mm-hmm. it's big people in our scene or people that have done very successful things uh, jumping on. And it's not just the, just over the Black Lives Matter. It's over fucking anything. Like, mm. like I know you've had it with a certain uh, certain artist, and I, I, I actually tweeted the person back and was like, "Can you just like le- like leave the negativity out of this? I don't care about mm-hmm. it. If you can't say something good, don't say it at all." And yeah. then that person ended up trying to fight me, like, yeah. and I'm just like. Yeah. Dude. They retweet you and being, yeah. being like
1: what like, look what do you stand for? And you're just like, oh
0: I'm like, dude, first of all, I would fucking destroy you. <laughs> but <laughs> second of all, I'm I I I don't want any of this. I don't want to fight anyone. Like yeah. I want everyone to be nice and, and respect yeah. each other and do what you would do in person. And at the end of the day, if you're hiding behind your fucking screen you're being a massive pussy if you don't like mm. somebody or, or somebody's annoyed, you call them up and speak to them about it and there's probably yeah. there's probably cross wires yeah. like 90% of the time it's cross wires of course 10% yeah. of the time people just are dicks and you just don't get on it's yeah. absolutely fine but why mm. fucking t- why rant on Twitter about somebody mm. it gains you nothing it gains no one anything and it just, you, I don't think people realize how much that affects that other person. And mm. by saying something horrible to Twitter on social media to somebody, don't get me wrong, you don't have to be like all lovey-dovey and over the top. But if you go out of your way to, to say something horrible about somebody, you don't know what, what, what mindset they're in. You don't know that like that person might be having a really shit day and it yep. may cause them to kill themselves. Yeah. And you're, you never know, but it or, or, I don't know, expect the worst. And if you think that whatever you're going to say is could affect somebody, then don't fucking say it. Mm. It, it. It annoys me. It, it does frustrate me massively and I, think- I yeah
1: yeah me too i'm like i get outraged by the recreational outrage <laughs> and then i'm like oh no i'm like fucking like the like the irony in that is like yeah. it's like oh my god i'm like why can't i let this go this is so this, it's like i'm getting sucked into the exact same thing yeah that these people are outraged about only I'm mad that they're mad about it. Yeah. I'm just like that. <laughs> <fucking terrible." laughs>
0: yeah. I think, I think the key thing is to post and go. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Post and go. And it's tough. Cause I, I respond to everyone um, on like comments, but that's pretty much all I do. Um, Instagram. I, I put a time limit on Instagram on on all social media. On my well, Twitter and Instagram is all I use. Um, Twitter, I barely go on, and like there there could be like a week where I don't go on it. It, it doesn't really bother me. It's yeah. it's so negative in my every time I go on it it's so negative that I actually know that it's not good for me. So I just don't use it until I yeah. have to. Um, yeah, and Instagram it's a bit different but i'm at the point where it's like yeah i need to need to chill out even more on it it's
1: but it is enticing it's just fucking coming for you it's just like come on don't you want to read about a little drama
0: you're just like oh shit it's just hot girls Hot girls just get it. <laughs> it's all these girls they just have—they're just insanely hot—and I'm like, y- "You're not that hot in real life, but your picture looks fucking amazing." Oh, they're so hot. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous, dangerous, dude. dude. Yeah. I, I'm,
1: i I've been, I've been wiped up. So I mean, I, like, I've, I haven't dated in over eight years. It's just so I'm like. In a way, I'm like safe. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, like you're safe, like, man. Yeah, like it's 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 a scary thing because it's like even if you, like I know that I'm a very respectful person. Yeah, but you just you just don't know,
0: and it's just fucking yeah. You don't man. know what somebody's gonna say, and you don't know who's gonna jump on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's like not to
1: discredit any. Thing that's like ever right. happened it's just it's right. just that it's the absolute shit storm that we're in right now of, of where we are as a society
0: I, th- I think it's really good to a certain extent where i think a lot well i can speak for myself like i i don't know how to word this correctly but i think like I said, I've always been respectful and always will be respectful. Like mm. this just how I've been brought up. If you know what I mean? It's just how yeah. it is. And I think being sober in situations kind of does help because I think if I was under the influence, probably be in a lot worse situations in certain, mm. just because you just don't fucking know what's going on sometimes. Yeah. Um, And you kind of find yourself in parties and things that I don't ever really go to after parties and or anything like that. Mm. But like, I think, I think there's a, it, I think to have a conscience is really healthy. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that do need to evaluate their life morals um, mm. when it comes to in our scene. However, fucking go have fun. Go out there and go do your thing and, and enjoy yourself and enjoy being with other people, enjoy experiencing other people. Just make sure you're doing it respectfully.
1: That's why that's why my entire ethos has been about making like making it so that you're giving and making sure that everyone else is having a good time. Totally. And if like and if everyone brought that, then we're not going to have these fucking problems. I think one yeah. of the main reasons why Desert Hearts has flourished so much is because girls and guys feel so safe there, Yeah, you know? And it's because it's for someone to overstep a boundary and to, yeah. like, cross the line would be, like, an abhorrent no. missed yeah. fucking like like, misfire, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, like, not acceptable for us. Yeah. And I think as long as we can just like, if we can keep building that culture in the scene where like everything is just to make other people having a good time and make sure that they're enjoying themselves and not focused on me, me, me. Yeah. And we're just going to have a healthier scene in general. and, And everyone will just kind of, it'll weed out the fucking, the bad people.
0: I totally agree. I was talking to Born Dirty about this a while ago, just like we speak a lot. Um, And I think what's happened in a lot of the scene is people forget why you get into the scene to start with. Mm -hmm. Um, And you become successful. You fly around everywhere. You meet boys and girls everywhere you go. People kind of look up to you. um, People, your fans, people are telling you how much they love you and you see how how you affect them in in their life in in a grand scheme of things and I think that actually takes away from why we got into this scene Um, Mm. for me I just got into it because I like writing music and I like DJing I didn't Mm. get into it to be told how much people love my music I didn't get into it to be told how amazing my DJ set was I didn't get into it to Stroke my ego, really, and kind of have the like, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If you know what I mean, yeah. like, it's not what, it's not like it was never. I didn't even think you get you. DJs didn't get that when I first started DJing. Yeah, like it wasn't a thing. But DJs since kind of the EDM boom, DJs turned into rock stars, mm. and it it kind of felt like there was a lot of people in the scene that were doing it for those wrong reasons. Um and I th- I think eventually they're get, all going to get weeded out. Um mm. and I hope they do cuz realistically I I want every I want everybody, girls and guys, to come to see me play and have the best time and not have yeah. to worry about anything. Yeah. Um and I think that's important. I think,
1: it comes down to, I think it just comes down to education and the yeah. culture that you're building and, and is your brand and your label and what you stand for as a person, what do you stand for? And is that acceptable in your world? If, yeah. if you're a DJ who fucking thrives on just like fucking getting wasted and hooking up with chicks and fucking yeah. like putting that image out there, then that's the fucking scene that you're going to cultivate. And that's the culture you're going to cultivate at your parties. And it's not going to be a safe environment. It's, it's not going to be conducive to the health of the scene. And I think that, yeah, really it's, it it just comes down to education. It comes down to setting a good example. How do you treat your fans? How do, how do you make sure that the guys at your party are treating the women at the party with, fucking love and respect and that's really i think that's the kind of the key to solving one of the underlying big problems in our scene today
0: yeah totally i think i wonder i wonder how you kind of stop i don't think you're ever going to stop it maybe you might be able to help but like how people will Stop putting the DJ on a pedestal, mm. um, because I think that gets a lot of people in bad situations as well, mm. um, especially when there's when everyone's under the influence. Um, mm. And people, I've don't. seen it go. I've seen it go to to DJs' heads,
1: yeah. and then next thing they know, like they're fucking sending out pictures and just. Being fucking dickheads because yeah. they're just like, oh, I'm just starting to get a little bit of fucking clout. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Yeah, and then like, oh yeah, I bet everyone wants me now. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it's <laughs> like, God damn What <laughs> hold oh, back. I respect.
0: Yeah, I, but I also there's that there's that balance, isn't there as well? It's like, yeah, you still have to have fun. You can't, you can't, you can't knock somebody for having fun. Like that's what we're in. This this, is, it's it's a fun scene to be in. It's fun. Like we're part, everyone's partying, everyone's having fun. It just goes, and it will always go back to you. Have fun and be respectful. Yeah. Simple. And if you see somebody not being respectful, then make sure you step into that situation and kind of make sure that it's sorted out in a respectful way. Um. Yeah. And you look after each other. You look after people. You look after your friends. You, if if you if one of your friends doesn't get in a club, don't fucking leave them outside. Make sure mm. make sure they're they're safe. If you not know I mean or right. if if your friends are in a club and you see them go off, make sure you know where they're going. It make sure just look after them. Um. Yeah. There's not very nice people out there, and we're never gonna stop not very nice people. Um it's just the fact of life is we just have to keep going. Um, But yeah, man, I think what you guys are doing is amazing and I can't wait to, can't wait to see what desert hearts um, is got to bring for the future, man. I think, I think you guys are onto a winner. So keep that up. Um, Thanks dude.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I think honestly, just talking to you for almost two and a half hours, uh, really of kind of reignited that spark in me to get the podcast going. Yeah, do it. All, like I can just fucking – I can just hit my friends up and I, can, and I can talk to my friends. I can talk to all the artists that I want to talk to. Yeah. It's for sure, like what you were saying, how this builds a much deeper relationship between me and you right now. Yeah.
0: I would love to have that with so many of my artist friends. Totally, man.
1: It's, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing cool. you
0: should do it And I'll help you if you need a hand If you need to know anything yeah. let me know I, I, I'm down to help um, cool. With anything you need to know um, But yeah do it I think people need to hear cool. more of us talk Because it, I think people actually like it um, mm-hmm. And people want to get this is, this is the way people get to know who we are Yeah for sure um, Social media is kind of gone now in that mm. sense it's not personal anymore it's as personal yeah. as we can but a lot of the time it's just fake bullshit um yeah. i think this is this is where the real this is where it is man podcast and it's the same yeah it's the
1: same thing for me in live streaming that's how i feel like i pour my fucking heart and soul out yeah. on the mic on the live streams you know yeah. and i think that that's where i really resonate with people is is like yeah i play good music but then yeah. also just like pour it out and yeah. let it fucking free flow sometimes and the the, the the streams that i talk the most on are like the one are like my favorite
0: ones yeah so. Yeah man, keep it up. So dude, uh anybody that's listening, how do they watch you guys on Twitch? How do they follow you on all of your socials, et cetera, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so uh on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash desert hearts records. We're doing five nights a week on Twitch. I've got one night to myself, my other three partners each have a night. And then uh we give up uh one night one every Saturday. We just have like a different label or artist takeover. And just let them program it out the whole time. Um, otherwise, you can follow me at Mikey Lion on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, yeah, I've got a new track out called "The Way You're Wrong." Came out on Desert Hearts Records. It's climbing, doing well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> love <laughs> those charts, I'm, baby.
1: I'm psyched, baby. I've seen, I've listened to enough podcasts. I know that this is the drop part.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anybody listening go follow go watch um mikey it's been fucking great thank you i i i when this podcast or when i asked you to do the podcast i knew it would be good but i didn't i didn't think it would go this like deep and i'm really happy it did so thank you man i really appreciate it yeah likewise dude i'm i'm really
1: glad that just to kick around a bunch of ideas with you and Great, man. I got a lot out of this, so Definitely thank
0: you. Definitely, dude. Right, keep safe. Have a good time traveling as well. Um and All right,
1: well, Later, brother. Big
0: love, dude. Peace. And that was a wrap. Damn, that was a good one, wasn't it? Hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, please go share. Send it to your mates. Send it to whoever you think would enjoy it. Um Also, I'm going to be putting some of Mikey's and some of the Desert Hearts records in my spotify playlist which is called will clark's record box so if you are following that uh go check it out if you're not following it go follow uh keep safe see you next time i do a show big love 18 plus.